Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, yes. Welcome in. It's Balloon Party. It's driven by Mungan S. Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. My name is Tim McKernan. That is Jackson Burkett. And this is your show, The People's Show. Welcome in. I'm wearing a stocking cap, I just realized. I picked it up from the TMA Studios. Oh, well, I take it off. Okay. I like the stocking cap. You have this, don't you? Oh, yeah. It's got the little TMA rooster, the logo, yeah. the whole thing. But I can't hear my headphones as well. Really? I If I wear a beanie... And then uh, wear headphones over it. My I mean, ears. It's because my headphones. Jack was messed up. That could be the case. Take that back. My uh, ears start to really hurt. Cartilage in my ear gets really. What happens? I wear a beanie and then put my headphones over it. Like really puts a lot of pressure on my ears and it hurts. Like really, my ears actually hurt afterwards. Yeah. Huh. Now I switched to buds, so probably alleviate that issue. I think I look cute. Uh, I want all the guys, only guys, please, in the uh, balloon party YouTube chat. To let, let let me know if you want me to keep it on or if you want me to take it off for you. Yeah, and then we'll tally it up and get that for segment two. Uh, Tim, if you play golf like you talk about the Blackhawks situation, I will happily give you three to four aside. LOL. That's from Chris Angle. Chris, I need to see your uh, United States. Uh, golf handicap index before we would arrange that and then I would study it with my people and then determine whether or not we would proceed out there. One of the core issues with me going out there with strangers is probably I don't want to spend time with you. All due respect. All due respect. Say it with all due respect. But if it can be profitable, if the if the dollar figure is high enough, then perhaps I would pursue it. I don't know. But I need to see the handicap index first before we were to do that. And then I'd studied it to determine the legitimacy of it. Yeah, yesterday people really wanted me to talk about the Blackhawks and the Bedard and the Corey Perry deal. And, and we just talked about it with Jeremy Rutherford on TMA. And... Uh, the reason why I didn't talk about it is because I'm like scared of it. The media in this town soft. It's an embarrassment. Everybody's a fraud. I'll tell you the truth. Is because I look at it as like it's defamatory. Right. And, and, and I want to reiterate something I may have said before to you, Jackson. I am a godless pervert. And so therefore I recognize I'm on no moral high ground. But this is, you know, I mean, I, I suppose it's well, I don't suppose, clearly it's amusing to large numbers of people, but I can't help but put myself in the position of the Bedard family and be like, I mean, nobody's like confirmed this. It's just a tweet screenshot that then has taken on a life of its own to the point of the Blackhawks holding a press conference yesterday about it. And so, you know, kind of living by the code of, you know, how would I like to be treated? 
I certainly wouldn't enjoy that. And I, and it's, and it is defamatory. Right. Right. So I want to, I mean, that's why it's, it's a, it's a different set of circumstances for me than just like making fun of our nonsense or something that we know to be true. And uh, as opposed to that, I, I don't want to. Hey, if, if people want to keep mocking it, be my guest. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying that's why I didn't do it. You do. You know what I say? Some people like things. Some people don't like other things. To each their own. Right. It's like you know. one thing when you're sh- shooting the breeze with your buddies about a topic like this. <clears throat> it's totally cool. It's a whole another thing to go on live radio and discuss things that up to this point are simply rumors. Right. So it's, it would be unethical and just, and also bringing cool. in, I mean, I kind of live by the mafia code mm, more, 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 more IRA, you know, just, you know, kind of the troubles in the North, uh, and not necessarily La Cosa Nostra, but we leave the families out of it. Yeah. You know, yeah. we leave the families out of it. Yeah. So, you know, now listen, if the Blackhawks said, yes, the story regarding Corey Perry and Connor Bedard's mother are true, and that's why we parted ways with him. Then, okay, well, then now you got it. Now you got something. That'd be a PR. Uh, happy. What a press conference it would be! <laughs> wow. But uh, you know, I mean, at this point, it's a guy with a screenshot secondhand from somebody at what right. TNT or something, and right. it just like it's like, oh, we want to believe it's true, so therefore we'll. Right, right. It's fine, but these are like human beings, like, and they have lives and we don't need to go right. digging into that you know so anyway that's where i am on it but again if, if people want to talk about it if everybody else other, other than me wants to talk about it then they're welcome to and again i want to make it clear i'm on no moral high ground if as a matter of fact i might be a demon mm. i think there's mm-hmm. a chance i'm a demon possible a tiny little demon boy but uh yeah just to, when you're when you're talking about you know somebody's mom on you know st louis radio station yeah that's just a, to me for me, individually, that's a different thing than, you know, busting balls on some other topic. That's, that's where I am. That's where I am. I'm not scared to talk about anything. I just, I, that's, that's, that's my explanation for where I am on it, Jackson. Yeah, I I think but hey, if you way. boys in the YouTube chat uh, want to talk about it, be my guest. God bless. That's your own thing. I'm just telling you, I have, I'm in a different spot with my responsibility, how I view it. Nobody heard Hubbard said, hey, can't talk about the Bedard thing, <laughs> you know. Uh, Jackson, what do we have here today on uh, the program? I know we have the uh, Air Comfort Service text inbox, 314-399-9646. Uh, we, of course, have the YouTube chat, always active uh, with the Airlines team studio cameras. That's 101 ESPN channel on YouTube. What do you have for the people? What do you got going on? You got that lid looking so good. People are buzzing about it. Kind of an old money look. It's starting to get old money. Mm-hmm. No product, but longer hair. That's very old money. Yeah, yeah. the big quaff is what they're calling me. Yeah. Uh, and the big quaff has delivered another wide berth Wednesday for the ages. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's not easy to put together a wide birth Wednesday. No, see, that's what, and that's the common misconception is that people hear wide birth Wednesday, they're like, oh, you have no plan. Right. But when you plan for something that's also so sporadic and so... Unplanned. Well, again, you know, these, this, this rhetoric I'm not on board with, it's actually more difficult to plan for something like this. Uh, so, you know, I don't need credit. I don't need validation. You need a ridiculously talented host who can just walk in to a blank canvas and go Jackson Pollock on that bitch. Yeah, that's certainly one way to look All at right, it. All right, let's go spraying, boys. Mm-hmm. 
Hmm. What do we have? What's question one today? Question one. I assume it involves Pittsburgh and the University of Missouri basketball program and the first half. No, no. See, I'm, as an artist, when I see the wide canvas. It involves St. Louis University and Missouri's first-round opponent, Utah State. No, no. She, as an artist, I see a blank canvas. If Kansas would have lost to Eastern Illinois, it would have involved Kansas and Eastern Illinois. That actually might have been, but I I get the paintbrush. I don't just paint what colors I want. I, I think about other people. And so in that, oh my gosh. I'm going to talk about Sonny Gray. With the news being reported that Sonny Gray's three-year deal is backloaded and his cap hit will only be $10 million for 2020. Who's reporting this news? This is Michael Giannini of Spotrack. Okay. Uh, he's got like 115,000 followers on Twitter. I judge a man by his follower count. Certainly, um, but Spotrack does have some credible information. I agree with that part. I would like to officially cash out our bet we made yesterday. You have actually Venmo yesterday, for those of you not listening to Balloon Party yesterday, and that would be like a handful of people in the metropolitan area. Uh, I bet Jackson $20 that the Cardinal rotation on opening day would be different than what it is right now, which is Sonny Gray, Miles Michaelis, Lance Lynn, Kyle Gibson, and Steven Matz. Jackson was of the opinion that it would be who they have right now. Yep. You have decided to Venmo me $10 because I offered you a buyout. Mm-hmm. Why did you make that decision, boy? Well, I think the Sonny Gray's deal being backloaded, if that is the case, would mean that the Cardinals are trying to make more moves, whether it's for bullpen arms or starting pitching arms, which you would think, given the backloading deal, now you've only spent, what, $31 million as opposed to 48 That's a big difference. That they are looking to get somebody else with that money, if two hundred million is the threshold in which we're working off of, which would be experts would tell you is that probably going to be the case. Having said that, if that is the case with Sonny Gray's backloaded deal, I would think that there could be some more to come, and that means I will save ten dollars if that ends up being true. I think you're making the right call. I accept your ten dollar Venmo mm-hmm. and appreciate it. And um, my thought process has been that the reason why the Cardinals have been so, quote-unquote, aggressive, um, and by aggressive I mean signing three pitchers, not necessarily spending money, although they have absolutely spent money too, is because they have protected the floor for the offseason. Now, if the offseason were to end tomorrow, they know they have five guys who theoretically, if you include Matt's in there, can eat innings. And you have a guy who many would consider a one, although I am aware that Cardinal fans are debating whether or not Sonny Gray is a one. I think a lot of that is because people don't really feel like there's an obvious two. Mm -hmm. So I think if they got Montgomery, for example, I think people would feel better about Sonny Gray because he'd be paired with Montgomery as opposed to whoever it would be now. I guess Michaelis. Uh, And that doesn't really feel like a one and a two. It might feel like a one or one and a half and a three. And I think that's the reason for that debate. But either way. That the Cardinals now can go, okay, now we can go balls to the wall with whether it be trade discussions or free agency because we now have the floor protected. We are not acting from a position of desperation, which is what I think exactly took place last December. 
They thought they were going to get Sean Murphy, and then they were going to spend money on a free agent pitcher. And then when they didn't get Murphy or weren't comfortable with the price that they would have to pay for Murphy, then they got in a panic mode, overpaid for Contreras, and go, oh my God, we just spent a bunch of money on a guy that we weren't planning on signing, and that money now takes up the pitchers, and look who's left on the pitching market. Crap, what are we going to do? Oh, we'll win 71 games. That is what I think has taken place. I could be wrong. I am trying to piece together incomplete information. I also think 2021's offseason could play a part in that, where they only got Steven Matz, then a work stoppage happened, and they didn't get anybody else. Obviously, there's no work stoppage on the horizon, but I think that could also play a factor in them wanting to make sure they get guys to be in a better position to be competitive in 2024, and like you said, not have to throw up a Hail Mary and end up overspending on somebody. So Jackson has bought out of the wager. That doesn't mean I win in Predictionary. No. And it doesn't necessarily even mean I won the bet, but I have ten more dollars, which I've already turned into a hundred since you Venmoed me. I mean, that's just how quickly I move. No, it. I get it. Uh, and uh, and and my bet still is that the Cardinals will have a different starting rotation than the one that they have right now. But maybe I will be wrong. I yeah. think that I think that that is their plan. Let me put it that way. Yeah. Just because that I think that that's going to happen. I think that's what their plan is, and I think that's why they've acted in the manner they have. And whether they trade Mats or Michaelis, I don't know. But that's what I think is going to be part of a deal that will either take money off the books to free up for a free agent or bring in a pitcher such as Glassnow, Cease, or Bieber. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. It is a Wide Berth Wednesday here on Balloon Party. You are welcome to give your thoughts uh, via the YouTube chat where 168 Friends of the Feather have gathered. And uh, you also can text in the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett talking blues and another disappointing performance on the road against a team that was in a death spiral, just like the Sharks 12 days ago. Last night it was the Wild. And more from Wide Berth Wednesday here on Balloon Party, 101 ESPN and the 101 ESPN YouTube channel. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party. It's 101 ESPN. My name is Tim McKernan. That's Jackson Burkett. And you can watch us on uh, 101 ESPN's YouTube channel. You can listen to us here uh, on 101 ESPN and uh, live stream it, podcast it, podcast uh, courtesy of Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Jackson, we're in the midst of a wide berth Wednesday. What is your second question? I'll talk a little blues hockey here. Well, blues hockey, 3-1 loss last night at the hands of the Wild. We'll see you against the Buffalo Sabres tomorrow night at Enterprise Center, pregame 6 p.m. right here on 101. ESPN. Indeed, indeed. I'm going to take a little bit more macro look at it, a little bit bigger picture look, uh, and maybe not just hockey, but all sports. We talked about today on TMA, and I've talked about several times before, and last night against the Wild was a prime example. What do you think is the reasoning for teams getting a uh, kind of a burst after a new coach is implemented? That's a good question. I don't know. I notice it in a lot of sports, though. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and so, for example, the Blues had had this 8-1-1 record on the dad's trips. But as a gambler, I wouldn't have touched. You did bet the Blues last night. I did. Uh, I wouldn't have touched it because of the new coach thing. And otherwise, I probably would have, honestly. I don't have an explanation as to the why. I would imagine my theory is it's not because they hated the old guy, I don't think. I mean, I'm sure in some cases that is the case. It looks like the Raiders, Josh McDaniels, Antonio Pierce would be uh, an example of recent history in the NFL. 
And I know you're a big Dean Evison guy. I mean, you made you spent the whole show yesterday talking about him. I think the Blues loss and me betting it, my penance for the loss on both for the Blues and my money was because I didn't know that guy was. <laughs> but you knew you played for the Capitals and Whalers. Right, in the mall. In the mall, thank you. Um, is because then players might go, oh boy, nobody else to blame now. <laughs> And it's their jobs. Yeah, kick it up a little it's bit. It's just, it's, you know, I mean, you certain guys know they're good. And by that, I mean, like Jordan Cairo is 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 good. And by good, I mean financially. Might not have a great start to his season so far offensively, but financially, he's good. Uh, Robert Thomas, he's good. He's got his money. But if you're a third or fourth line guy or a bottom pairing guy and you're going... Oh boy, they whacked the coach. We're next. Maybe it gets you up a little bit more than you otherwise would have been if you look at it from the hockey perspective. Right. Um, I absolutely feel like it, it is a positive in the NFL more often than a negative. Yes. And then for some reason, and I don't really know why, in college football, and I guess it's probably because they don't do it usually in college football unless it involves Auburn until November that the team's already right. they obviously had high expectations otherwise the coach wouldn't get fired or they were riding around on a motorcycle with an intern and then they came up short which means the team sucks right. and then they're playing out the string and if it's like a rivalry week game that team might be still fired up for it and they still beat the hell out of the new coach team. Mississippi State, Ole Miss last week had an interim coach before they got Jeff Levy. Yeah. Guy goes out there riding around on a motorcycle when Mississippi State takes the field. They played Ole Miss tight, but it still didn't translate. In the NFL, I think I actually did in that Circa that, Millions thing that I'm in that in Raiders. Las Vegas. I took the Raiders when yeah. they had their first game back. I don't know who it was against. It might have been the Patriots. I don't know. But either way, they won it. And uh, that's the the new coach effect, especially in the middle of a season, you know. Yeah. But then there are some teams, like I don't think if the commanders were to whack Ron Rivera, they would all of a sudden turn into a great team. No. You know? Football, it, I feel like, is especially college, like you have such a like a a program established with a coach, you know, like you're so used to things and then when that gets turned on its head, I feel like it's just like almost discombobulating and now with the transfer portal coach gets fired, guys are immediately like looking like, where's my next Absolutely. step going to be? Absolutely. Continuity is so valuable. It's just, yeah, there's a patience that I think is such a virtue in college football. I really do. Um, especially at a place like a Missouri, for mm-hmm. example, where you can't be just turning... Oh, like Tennessee has killed itself by going through so many damn coaches ever since firing Phil Fulmer. And I think continuity is is valued uh, in part because what you just mentioned, the portal in baseball. We've seen it uh, going back 20 years. Jack McKeon led the Marlins to a World Series, and he was, I think, in his mid 70s when mm-hmm. he did so. Um, Joe Girardi was fired yep. and the Phillies went on their run yep. and beat the Cardinals in the first round in 2022. We've certainly seen it. Uh, Mike Schilt, if you want to take it from a local standpoint, in 2018, the Cardinals didn't get in, but they went on a run. Yeah, they're a lot better. So it, it it can have an effect, and sometimes it is an issue with the manager. But 
I just I, I just tread lightly from a gambling standpoint when I see that change, and that's why I was just like on full on fade mode. And also the memory of the Sharks game 12 days ago, I'm going, yeah, just because a team's in a death spiral doesn't mean the Blues aren't capable of laying one of their eggs. Because the Blues can go out and beat the hell out of a team, or the Blues can go out and have a second period like they had last night. And while they were still in the game, courtesy of Jordan Bennington, 17 shots on goal. Sweet mother of mercy from a team on a seven-game losing streak. They were just dominated. Bennington keeps them in it, but they weren't able to break through. And again, I mean, this this power play situation is this is i mean you're this is you're getting historical here and uh i don't i don't i mean you can say it's got to change but it's 21 games in it, yeah. at some point you go well this just might be who it is yeah. 21 games large enough sample size what time we got 10 20 i got time for another question here in this sure. this little piddles uh, wide berth wednesday absolutely and it's uh the coaching talk actually leads into this question because i think it's a kind of a quick hitter and uh, I find it interesting. It's a story from the weekend. This text saying I'm coaching higher is crazy to me. Did it seem to you that A&M did a soft launch with reports circling around Kentucky head coach Mark Stoops being the next coach? Then when the reaction was poor, do you think they abandoned ship? Or do you take Mark, Stoop, Mark Stoops' word as gospel and Mike Elko was their backup plan in College Station? Um, I the, One of the things I haven't really heard talked about with this is that Stoops used it for leverage the whole time, and he was the leak, or his agent mm. was the leak. Mm. That's that's that something I never considered. Yeah, I mean, to, and that, when that was playing out, I mean, before it even was announced on Saturday night, all I did was watch college football on Saturday. Yeah, was, my wife was sick, and so we were at home anyway. Uh, and all I did, I mean, from eleven o'clock all the way through, uh, just watch college football, and just God, I just absolutely love it. And Missouri wasn't even playing. And so I monitored that while watching Florida, Florida State. I had bet the money line on Florida to beat Florida State. And and I'm watching this news run parallel, you know, a few hours after Louisville had lost to Mark Stoops in Kentucky. And my first thought was, I don't think Mark Stoops really wants to go to College Station. I could see somebody in his camp leaking this to get Kentucky to pony up. To pony up. Yeah. That's what I thought. That's an interesting the old Matt Painter play. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's and that I hadn't really considered that. And I would be. Surprised. I just, I just, the, the whole thing with oh, well, social media had backlash. It's just like, yeah. I just, I, I get that. I just think, I think that's oftentimes overvalued. Mm-hmm. If you live in the social media world, that's your world. But the guys who are on the board at College Station are probably doing well financially. Be my guess. I don't know that. It's just an intuitive thing. Ross Bjork, the AD, you know, probably doing well financially. You don't pay a coach $75 million to go away if we aren't flush with cash. Right. And I don't think they go, hold on a second. There's some people on Twitter not happy about this. I just don't think that that's the way that it works. So I'd be surprised. It, but that's what a lot of people think happened. Oh, I know. That's, that's why I put the question. Right. No, I understand that. I just think Sto- I think Stoops was using it for leverage. Right. Like, that's not the way a story... Like, it was so odd to me the way that it went. Like, the Mark Stoops talks are getting serious. And I'm like, well, if it's happening, then it's happened. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, right, right, right. So then to me, it was... Stoops is like, hey, we can use this to get a better deal at Kentucky. And he had spoken the week before playing Missouri, if memory yes. serves, about how Kentucky fans, if they want to compete with Georgia, they need to spend at NIL yeah. like Georgia does. Yep. 
well, that was his opportunity for leverage. I just, I, I, listen, I know very little about Mark Stoops, but you got to have a certain kind of personality, I think, to want to deal with College Station. College Station, Auburn, and Knoxville are different operations than a lot of the SEC schools. And there is an expectation that may be unfounded as to what they really are. And, I mean, A&M hasn't won a conference championship since 98, a year in which Missouri really probably should have beaten them in College Station. And had they done so, their last conference championship would be well before that. But the expectations and the money are there for them to act bat crap. And if you're Mark Stoops and you're going, yeah, I'm a multi-multi-millionaire and I can win seven games and not worry about losing my job in Lexington because they're always going to be more obsessed about basketball. And occasionally I'll win 10 and I'll be a god. Yeah. I'm just kind of comfortable with that, and I'm going from the antithesis or to the antithesis of that if I go to College Station. The only thing worse would be going to to Auburn or Tennessee. You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, Tennessee. So I just looked at that from the moment I start percolating on the Twitter tweets and go, I think Stoops is leveraging this thing to get a deal at Kentucky. And then I went to bed at like 10.30, and I'm like, oh, I guess Stoops is really going to be the NM coach. And then I wake up and I read Gabe DeArmond's column, and I'm like, oh. Stoops wound up staying in Kentucky. I, my read was right from the beginning. So maybe my read was right for unfounded reasons. Maybe it really was about the social media backlash. I just piss on social media backlash. I so I think that. that's I think I'm biased in that just to in its origin. I guess I didn't see that angle of it because I was just so enamored by the fact. I haven't seen anybody else say that. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to be, as I always say, I'm not trying to be Colin Coward contrarian i'm really not it's i'm just telling you what i observed and i observed that in the moment i'm like oh i think because again if stoops was really going there if it were done it's done mm-hmm. no, there's you no, see what i'm there's, saying there's no like yeah there's like no, i don't like, think the leak came from college station right. the soft launch doesn't exist i think the leak came from lexington yeah. or wherever stoops's agents located sure. probably jimmy sexton i assume he's the agent for every college football coach at least he was drink as he's not anymore uh, your thoughts are welcome 314-399-9646 air comfort service text line you're also welcome to partake in the chat and youtube on the 101 espn channel my name is tim mckernan that's jackson burkett jackson tease the people with what's coming up next on this wide berth wednesday what do we have i know andy i want to play that sound from the athletic writer and not liking the cardinal moves okay I, want, I definitely want to do that but what else do you have on this wide berth wednesday uh talking about uh chaos scenarios for conference yeah the uh, rankings came out last night and uh old miss fans who were hoping to pass missouri did not get their wish and how this thing will play out this weekend uh your thoughts are welcome on that topic it's coming your way along with the soundbite from an athletic writer who does not like the cardinal moves that's next here on balloon party 101 espn and the 101 espn channel on youtube when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're right back to the balloon party on the Tim McKernan podcast presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to Balloon Party 101 ESPN, 101 ESPN YouTube channel, youtube.com, and then just type in 101 ESPN. The next thing you know, you're viewing us. And Jackson, your hair changed from the last segment, it looks like. Did it? Yeah, I feel like you like ran your fingers through your hair, and I just noticed it right now. Here, let me see if I can fix yeah, it. Yeah, see if you got, see what you can see there. How's it looking now? I don't know, if I turn my head to look at the monitor, 
Yeah, I then no longer can see. Oh, I see. In front of my head. I like it. I'm jealous of it, and that's that's just what we need to talk about here mm-hmm. on the program. Hey, I told uh, the audience we would play the soundbite from Andy McCullough from the Athletic. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And he is not high on the Cardinals' moves. Here's what he had to say: If I were a Cardinals fan and I was, you know, having a slice of pizza with Provel on it after an appetizer of mozzarella sticks called uh, toasted ravioli, I would wonder why they jumped so quickly on guys that look more like backfilling, I guess, you know, bulk, you know, 10 million for Kyle Gibson. I mean, he had a like a five the last two years. I would be curious to know if they're, you know, I don't know. Maybe you know they can still add more pitchers, but you would like guys with maybe a, a little bit less assuredness and may, like I'd rather spend that ten million on a guy who might turn into like you know Alex Cobb or something like that. You know what I mean? Like Lucas Giolito. Like you have like a ceiling there. Yeah, you, I mean, right. You can't just say like you know who's the guy. Oh well, they should go get Jack Flaherty. No, Louis like, Severino. That's, not, that's not a fit. You know, but like I don't know. Like the, the downside risk with Severino is he pitches five games and it's terrible right uh whereas like you're just kind of locking in 400 you know 200 to 300 innings of like four and a half era baseball eh, i don't know how crazy i am about that i enjoy where he's coming from because that helps represent where i think a lot of cardinal fans are and i get that the reason why I don't have that reaction to the signings is because I don't see that as what the Cardinal plan is. Mm-hmm. But if you view the Cardinal offseason plan as the pitching is now tended to and over with, I get that. I don't think that's what the plan is. Now, even if the plan is to do something else, which I believe it is, that doesn't mean they will be able to accomplish it. But if you were going, the Cardinals really want to return to championship contention and that's what they've got in the rotation and take the discussion of Sonny Gray's an ace and Sonny Gray's a two out of it, still you have to have four other pitchers and in the playoffs you at least have to have, to have two other pitchers and you're going to tell me you're going to be good enough with Miles Michaelis, Lance Lynn, Stephen Matz, and, and Kyle Gibson to, to get through a playoff series? There's no way. I would agree with that. But I just don't think that the Cardinals are viewing it that way. And the reason why I think that is because they did what they did so quickly. So maybe I will be wrong. The reason why you bought out of our bet is because the report saying that that deal for Gray is super backloaded and he's only making 10 of that 75 in 2024. Yep. So then 65 is coming in the final two years. Uh, so they're trying to free up some dollars to be aggressive for this upcoming, you know, baseball winter meetings, and whether that be via trade or a free agent, that's what it tells me. That's what it tells me. If I were sitting at the poker table, I would be all in on that. But if they aren't able to do a deal that they think they will be able to do, whether it be with Glassnow, Cease, Bieber, or a free agent, they then can go, okay, we at least now have this rotation and it's going to get us through the year with not having to get into a spot like they did in 21 where they were signing Jay Happ and John Lester to just eat innings uh, or trade for John Lester and Jay Happ just to eat innings at the end of the season because it had destroyed their pitching staff by not having innings-eating starters. So that's what I think the Cardinals are doing. I don't know that. That's what I think they're doing. And they've already been able to tell their fan base that, hey, we went out and spent nearly $50 million on starting pitchers, even though apparently... 
if this report that you cited is accurate, Jackson, in reality, it's what, $32 million, $33 million. Yeah, yeah. Ten. They still need to tend to the bullpen without question, and there will be trades. There yep. will be trades. There just won't, I don't, or at least a trade. I don't know how there wouldn't be. Um, once again, I would love to see Yamamoto. I will continue to say that over and over again. But for what they have done right now, I love it because they are maintaining flexibility and not risking dead money on the back end of contracts, which I think can destroy franchises, at least franchises that have to really monitor their expenses. And hell, the Mets would be a franchise that you would say probably doesn't have to monitor their expenses. And even they now feel like they have to monitor their expenses after their shopping spree last year for older pitchers. And those were not long-term deals, but they just burned them with Scherzer and with Verlander. Your thoughts are welcome. 314-399-9646. Uh, or you can participate in the YouTube chat. Uh, Jackson, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, on the on the McCullough um, sound we played. Yeah, I mean, I, I get... I, I just think... I think if, what you're getting with Lance Lynn and Gibson, you, you like you said, like you're secure, you're secure in the floor. Agree with all that, and I think at like the high side of all three of the acquisitions you've got is is good, like legitimately good. Like Sonny Gray, this high side is great, and then Lynn had a ton of strikeouts last year. Obviously, the ERA and the home runs thing is is glaring, and Gibson gave up a lot of hits. But at their best, like they are good. I just I have some trepidations about the way that the Cardinals have brought in pitching and performed and but these guys are later in their career you know if you bring up younger guys and you're trying to be competitive this year you haven't done much to prove that you can develop pitching talent in real time so I like the idea of getting veterans in here I also like the idea of acquiring another one uh, you know through trade or through free agency and now you think they are going to I think it I think it is much more likely, given the backloading deal. I also have a, a conspiracy theory in my head that I'm not going to share yet. I really got to work. Oh, it you out. can't do that! I got to work. You can't it out. tell the people you have a conspiracy theory on the Cardinals and say you're not going to do it. Not a day after the Dean Evason debacle. I want to win. Win the audience back. Share your conspiracy theory. Okay, and this is a conspiracy theory. Totally speculation. Wow. What do we totally have here? speculation. So they backload the deal. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Next year, you will have Paul Goldschmidt coming off the books. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We all know that the Bally situation is very fluid. I think the Bally situation is material to the conversation. It's very material. I think if the Cardinals were going to quote unquote spend money, but under the guy, like saying they're spending a lot of money, because right now it's like, oh, they spent a good amount of money. But if they're trying to slowly but surely lower that payroll with Goldschmidt coming off the books next year, you can kind of shut it down this year and it looks like you spent a bunch of money but really you're spending 10 million on gray this year and 35 down the road in two years and then goldschmidt comes off the book next year and now we're lowering again that payroll it's slowly coming down wow slowly coming down all while the fans aren't can't you know aren't gonna say oh this is you know this is they're not spending money well you know they got sunny gray they got lance lynn they got kyle gibson i don't know i think they're like it's like a a very subtle. Well, then, if that were the case, then you would expect them not to bring on anybody else, right? That's like that. I put this conspiracy theory in like the in the single digit percents of likelihood. So I think ninety percent that they are trying to get somebody. But I think this is like a you could kind of backdoor your way to spending less money while looking like you're spending more. I agree. Yeah, I just I think that the Bally's thing 
is a real thing. People might not like it. They may not have heard the Cardinals talk about it. They might blame the Cardinals for it. I don't really know how you can blame the Cardinals for it. Other organizations are dealing with it at much worse circumstances than the Cardinals. But um, I think it's a real thing. If I operated a business and all of a sudden a third of our revenue that we were counting on when we put together our projections two years ago is gone, well, that would impact the business. Now, you might not like it because you don't like a guy wearing a bow tie and a guy tying a cardigan sweater around his neck, but it doesn't change the fact that if you were operating that business, it would count. So it counts. So I've thought about that with regard to the way they're handling this thing as well. Like, okay, we're going all out and we'll do it early and then that way we can get people to get on board with the season tickets. Yeah, and then we'll quietly backload. So I, I don't think that, that I don't think that's as asinine uh, a suggestion. I just don't look at it like, you don't go, at least I don't, maybe people do, I don't think many people are in St. Louis or who are Cardinal fans around the country going, okay, this is a World Series contender now. There are now five starting pitchers on the 40-man who are major league starters. Yeah, plenty of service time. But I don't think, I don't think the, the Phillies and Braves and Dodgers and whoever else around the National League and in the National League Central are going, oh boy. Right, right. The Cardinals are, are now a team that we got we to gotta ratchet up our arms race because look what the Cardinals have done. Yeah. So that... Is, is my perspective. And in addition to that, that's why I think that there is some other move that I think will be the signature move of the offseason. Yeah, and if they do that, that will squash my, my theory. Sure, it'll sure, squash sure. the theory. But yes, I would understand if there's a little uh, theatrics going on because of the Bally's thing. Your thoughts, 314-399-9646. Uh, and you're also welcome to participate in the YouTube chat. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you. It's Balloon Party, 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Welcome back. Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for another six minutes. But it's going to be six minutes of magic because Jackson's going to ask a question that's going to carry us to BK and Ferrario. The question is, what question will that be? Uh, The question is, what's the question? The question is, looking at championship weekend for college football, what favorite do you think is most susceptible to an upset that could throw a wrench in the entire CFP playoff picture? That was redundant, but I apologize. It's all right. You're fine. And what hashtag chaos would most entertain you in terms of a CFP shakeup? My answer is the same. And my answer is Alabama beating Georgia. Mm -hmm. Um, I think Georgia is a great team. I also think Alabama is a great team. And I think that when a team uh, either loses going into a week, i.e. LSU going into Missouri after losing in Oxford, thought that was a problem for the Tigers, um, or a team wins a game, but they dodge a bullet, Mm -hmm. you will then see them come out with a fire under their asses, like we saw with Missouri against Arkansas after dodging the 4th and 17 bullet against Florida. Alabama is a totally different team right now, in my opinion, than they were uh, when they lost Texas at home and they had a near-death experience with South Florida in September. And Georgia's a great team, but it's also a beat-up team. Brock Bowers dressed but didn't play against Georgia Tech. Lad McConkie did not play, and they were into their backup running backs in order to get through that game. So with that established, Alabama's a great team. doesn't mean Georgia's bad. It just means, I think, that they are vulnerable. They're only a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. And so that is the one... 
that as Kirk Herbstreet said last night on ESPN's College Football Playoff Ranking Show, if Georgia loses, you're going to tell me they aren't one of the four best teams in the country or are one of the four most deserving? Because they serve both masters there. Who in college football? I don't care if you're a Big Ten guy, a Pac-12 guy, a Big 12 guy, if so, God help. Uh, that that you'd go, yeah, I don't think Georgia's one of the four best teams, even if they lose to Alabama. I suppose if they lost like 48-7. to seven, Right, they got smoked. But if it's a, a relatively close game, after winning the games that they won in November in the fashion that they won them, that they wouldn't be one of the four best teams, that would be really tough. Okay, so let's just play that scenario out for the sake of doing so. Yep. Georgia has now lost to Alabama. Mm-hmm. I, as much as I'd enjoy, just for the sake of the entertainment of it, Michigan losing to Iowa, I can't entertain it. I'll no. pull for it. It'd be great to see it just from an entertainment standpoint. But i got to put Michigan's already in. Yep. So that spot's spoken for. If Georgia were to lose, then I think a lot of people go, well, Alabama has to be in. But then let's say Texas beats Oklahoma State, and then you get into the conversation. Well, if Alabama's going to go in, well, then I guess Texas has to go in because Texas won by double digits in Tuscaloosa. So if that would be the case, and we got Michigan in, and we got Alabama in, and we got Texas in, well, now we still have to have a spot for Oregon or Washington. Yep. And then what about Florida State? <laughs> and what about Georgia? And this chaos, really, like the, the Georgia-Alabama game, which is five and a half points, I believe. That's, no, Florida State's only two and a half point favorite, but I was going to say that it's the closest game spread-wise, but it's not. Either way, it's a very close spread. It's under a score. It's yeah, very, I mean, Oregon's a near double-digit favorite right. against Washington, an undefeated number three Washington. Right, and Michigan's 22. 23. Yeah, 23-point favorite. But Alabama being Georgia is far from out of the world. Like, that could very well happen. And if that happens, then chaos ensues. I would imagine the game that the committee would want the most to happen. Let me see if you're on the right. Of the championship games, the one that they would most like to have happen. Louisville beating Florida State. Yeah, that's a nice play. I was going to go with Oklahoma State being Texas. That because, also, because Texas has the Alabama-Georgia yes, thing that, yes. that, that causes three blue bloods, all of whom, by the way, I think could win the championship. Yeah. Whereas Florida State, I don't think, could win the championship. But if they're undefeated, I think they have to be in. And I saw Herb Street and Greg McElroy last night kind of got uncomfortable, too, a, a little bit. I mean, you can tell them people are kind of just busting balls. Right. This seemed like it, there was a little bit more to it. Uh, with with Herb Street and McElroy, I could be off the mark. Who effing cares anyway? I could have just been debating and felt passionately about it. But either way, Herb Street's thing is, who are the four best teams? And that's what the College Football Playoff Committee's responsibility is. McElroy's is, who are the four most deserving? If you go four most deserving, Florida State is in if they're undefeated. And I put a period at the end of that sentence, and I feel passionately about it, even though, even right now, I don't think they are one of the four best teams. I'm not sure I felt they were when they had Jordan Travis at quarterback. I was the same way. But either way, if they win, I feel like they got to be in. And what Herb Street's example for data was if you look at the semifinals since the advent of the college football playoff in 2014 the semifinals really minus last year where you had texas uh, christian against michigan and you had georgia against uh, ohio state ohio state you've had blowouts all over the place Mm -hmm. 
at some point in the college ball play, there have been big time blowouts. Last year, the blowout wound up being in the championship game. And he goes, the reason for that is because we're putting in the quote unquote deserving, but we're not putting in the best. And the charge is to put in the best. And if you best and you have a Georgia and you have a Michigan and then you have an Oregon or Washington and then take your pick of one of those ones that are on the fence the odds are you're not going to get a blowout. But you bring Florida State in with a backup quarterback, and they go up against Georgia or even Michigan, and I just don't know how in the hell that's going to be a good game. By the way, I would love to see it. But, I mean, listen, if Florida State got paired with Missouri in the Peach Bowl, I would take Missouri, and I would bet it easily, and it's got nothing to do with me going to Missouri. But if they're undefeated, I think they have to be in the college football playoff. So, yes, I agree that that one could solve a lot of problems, but if Georgia were to beat Alabama or Texas were to beat be beaten by Oklahoma State, that whole Texas-Alabama-Georgia one-loss debacle that the committee could be staring at next Saturday night is now eviscerated. BK and Ferrario coming up next. For Jackson Burkett, I'm Tim McKernan. This is been Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. You've been listening to the Balloon Party on the Tim McKernan Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.